Okay, welcome to Move Left Idiots, a progressive talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, joined by my co-host, as always, uh, celebrating a birthday yesterday, LaDonna Loki, oh, 29 years young. That. <laughs> okay, thank you. You're forgiven. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Not much. Another year older, wiser, something. <laughs> And uh, Comrade Dracula, what's happening? Bonjour. Uh, it wasn't my birthday, but uh, I'm also a year older. That You're sounded like you said bonjour. That sounded like you said bonjour. <laughs> isn't that how they say it in France? <laughs> France? Right. We're all we're, we're all 29 on this podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm we're actually, actually about 29. Four right so. now. <laughs> That's not fair. That's really not. Well, I stopped aging at 27, so I just decided that was enough. I'm going to be 27 the rest of my life. Uh, if it's any consolation, I'm falling apart. My fucking knee is wrapped <laughs> like a gordita right now. So, you know, it's like a gordita. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's get into the news uh, because we're all going to die really soon. Um, <laughs> uh, Just so tr- don't hold back. <laughs> so no, uh, you remember like two weeks ago, we were excited that, that, that Trump was going to do diplomacy with North Korea. And we were like, maybe there's a chance something good could have. <laughs> yeah. Remember the good old times of two weeks ago? <laughs> Barely. It's a distant, distant memory. So, yeah, John John Bolton is Trump's new national security advisor, which, thanks to a series of uh, maneuverings in the last 50 years, is not even a position that Congress has to uh, approve a nominee for. It's just whoever you pick for your national security advisor is just your national security advisor. So now Mm -hmm. we have a fucking absolute lunatic, maybe the most bloodthirsty uh, political figure in the last... (laughs) like 50 years uh, <laughs> as the national uh, security advisor. So yeah, well, we're, we're, like know, I said, we're I mean, going to die. We, we have Jill Stein and Susan Sarandon to blame uh, for that, obviously. <laughs> so um, Susan Sarandon, who of course, as you know, has more clout than Jay-Z, Beyonce, Oprah, and Ellen combined. Correct. Uh, so. Well, I've seen a lot of uh, shit like that on Twitter where people are like, oh, well, are you happy now when you said that Hillary would have been worse and would have been a war hawk? Now we have John Bolton. I was like, yeah, OK, <laughs> maybe you can ask her how she feels about that after she leaves her fucking Henry Kissinger, you know, $10,000 plate <laughs> d- fundraiser. I mean, I say Bolton's the most bloodthirsty, but I don't know. Yeah. Kissinger is, is close. <laughs> so what I think is funny is that the, the liberals, the Lib Dems, the shit libs, uh, as I like to say, <laughs> uh, suddenly are applying a purity test over the Iraq war to John Bolton that they all told us we couldn't apply to Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> like what you suddenly God, care about so the war? Why you, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> the mental acrobatics that these people do, I, I can't even... <laughs> They're gymnasts. They're, it's it's kind of it's almost admirable if it wasn't so yeah fucking shady. They're you very... know, um, <laughs> just for people that don't know who John Bolton is, first of all, he has the world's goofiest mustache. But um, <laughs> in ter- in terms of his actual policy, he is insanely pro interventionist, pro first strike. I just want to read you a little uh, paragraph here from an article that the Hill wrote uh, about Bolton. Uh, Bolton has repeatedly called for preemptive strike in uh, North Korea, arguing as recently as last month that the United States must force, uh, must I'm sorry, must use force to resolve the nuclear standoff of Pyongyang. Uh, quote, it is perfectly legitimate for the United States to respond to the current necessity 
posed by North Korea's nuclear weapons by striking first, Bolton, uh, Bolton wrote in a February 28th op-ed. Uh, okay, wait. Well, give- I'm not for that, but we have two choices. We can either let them keep going and then it will continue where every country out there knows that the way to get anything that they want is to get a nuke or we can stop them. Well, hopefully well, short. We've I mean, told yeah. people that that's the case though. I mean, look yeah, at Libya. That's how you we know, got Libya. what we wanted, right? <laughs> we, we, we're the only <laughs> cra- people the, crazy enough to do it. Right. Well, Libya had nuclear weapons and Gaddafi gave them over. Cause we said, Hey, we won't uh, go in there and, you know, institute regime change. If you mm-hmm. hand over your nuclear weapons and he handed them over and look, we fucking went in there and they, you know, did a regime change. And then, you well, know, we, we came, a, he, we came, he saw, he died. As we Hillary have a Clinton long history so of keeping up our, our contracts and treaties in this country. Our, our word is really fond. <laughs> our word super, especially with natives, you know, we're really, we're yeah. really good about keeping up our treaties uh, with the, with the natives, but. I don't know why um, he wouldn't just put Dennis Rodman into not sec advisor, you know, <laughs> like we don't be scratching our heads kind of like, well, who knows what's going to happen. But now it's like, well, now we're, we're the certain doom is like, there's no, gray area he's gonna go straight for pushing with more bombing you know and and of course the, well, the, the eight the seven or eight wars were at that liberals didn't care about the last eight years suddenly they're it's almost like they want that they want trump to start his own war so they can actually be against that one you know right yeah yeah i mean i want to um, think that um that this is you know I'd love to think that this is Trump being genius, right? <laughs> I'd love to think that this is him going, okay, I'm going to put some scary, you know, person in this role and, you know, send a signal and that will, you know, make North Korea even more likely to come to the table with us because they know that this person, you know, has zero shits to give and will go in there and all of that. I want to think it's the brilliant. The signal. <laughs> but um, unfortunately, I can't. <laughs> I, I just think he likes what he says about him when he goes on Fox News. I don't think it's too much more complicated yeah. than that. Well, how long do you think, think he's going to last? Understands the... I think he'll last because uh, the fucking generals are going to love him. He, he's going to be telling the president, like, look, more war, more bombs, more fucking. He yeah. also said, uh, uh, Bolton has also taken a hard stance against Iran, writing in a Wall Street Journal op-ed in January. They need to stop fucking letting him write op-eds, by the way. That's a, that's yeah. a whole nother. Um, that the United States should, quote, end the Islamic Republic before its 40th anniversary. In numerous television appearances <laughs> and op-eds, Bolton has called for bombing Iran as the best way to stop Tehran's uh, nuclear arms research. What, what, a, what, a, what an arbitrary thing. <laughs> Like, we can't let yeah, him like, turn 40. <laughs> like, what? Well, I, I happen to agree with that. <laughs> Don't let anyone turn 40. No. It's, it's, it's like Logan's run, but for the uh, Iranian And it's just revolution. funny because it's like, we're the reason they're such a young nation because we keep fucking with their fucking uh, democracy, you know? Right. <laughs> we went in there and, you know, overthrew uh, Mossadegh in the in 19, what was it, 53? And then yeah. it, and then it's just like chaos ever since. Well, so this continues the tradition of installing someone in an office that has absolute, you know, total contempt for that office and wants to burn it down. He's already saying that they're going to, you know, heads are going to roll. They're going to get rid of a lot of people. Um, so, you know, we know that much. He doesn't really have respect for anything that they do. So I don't know how popular he'll be. He wasn't popular when he did other things. Maybe Apparently with Trump, he like he bullies be. his staff too, but that's right. maybe another reason why Trump likes him. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, he's, he's he's like one of those but, people that's just Im- immune to the whole Me Too thing, where it's just like you have to have a some level of conscience and and shame for any of that stuff to to be effective. And guys like Charlie Sheen, it just doesn't work on them, you know. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, he, he's a fucking disaster, and I'm and it's it's very troublesome um, because he definitely wants to get us into war with Iran, and definitely wants us to get into war with North Korea. And it, again, it's like we've talked so many times uh, on this podcast about how easily a war with Iran could turn into World War Three, or a war with North Korea could turn into World War Three because. Uh, it, those countries don't exist in a vat. Besides the fact that we shouldn't just fucking bomb countries that didn't attack us uh, and kill, you know, millions of innocent civilians. I mean, I think that goes without right. saying. Those countries don't exist in a vacuum. If we get involved with Iran, you know, Russia has interests in Iran. There's just there, there, there's no fucking way that that any of this goes smoothly. Iran way more developed than Iraq was, and Iraq is right. a fucking oh, yeah. nightmare they, that we're I mean, still not out of. Iran is is invested in itself since the war with Iraq and they've they're pretty much a superpower. That's why we don't like them still, you know. <laughs> they've yeah, they've been yeah, doing pretty well for themselves. Superpower is not friendly to us, yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, they've yeah. gone in and and the Iraqis, you know, had to make a determination and they finally said that that they felt more comfortable and trusted the Iranians more than the <laughs> Americans or anyone else. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, don't that, blame that them. says something uh, to you. Considering what we no. did to that country, I mean, I don't blame them at all. Yeah, they had to God. decide between ISIS and Iran. You know, what are you going to pick? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's 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 very troubling. Um, so I, I'm his, curious his, to see what happens uh, to North Bolton Korea. Bolton given any major statements since he got the job? I just saw like he just kind of walked in the other day, and no one knew. It was like the news just said uh, Bolton's seen at White House, and then like an hour later he was in. That was his new job. I love how the fucking White House press corps is like TMZ basically now. Like they just wait <laughs> yeah. outside of restaurants in DC. Let's <laughs> take pictures. Yeah. That's, uh. But yeah, has no, he has he I, said he anything horrifying yet, or is everyone just kind of like still waiting for that shoe to, to drop? He's probably he's probably been quiet. He's I'm sure he's plotting. I'm sure he's got a big strategy that it's something he wants to push out that he's going to roll out to uh, Trump in the next few days or you know a couple weeks or so. Like a plan. I'm sure he's going to come to him with a plan to invade Iran and a plan to strike first in North Korea. I, I, just, now, I think he's got Hopefully like, Trump has enough fucking yeah. sense or people I, I, around him to be like, hey, has don't do that. Long term plans like that. And Trump's just going to kind of go, yeah, we'll do that. And then as soon as they start to do it, he'll just change his mind on a whim. And then like he'll, he'll just toss him out. And it'll well, like, go to okay, shit. So, so this is how bad Trump is. The Republicans this week actually slipped some shit into this omnibus bill that they that he signed. They knew he would sign it. He was pissed about it. And he he was you know basically his people had to sit him down and say, look, you know, if you don't sign this, like it, you know, you're going to lose your weekend at Mar-a-Lago, right? And he didn't want that. He planned to go. So he tweets out, "This is the last time I'm ever signing a bill like yeah, this. Congress that. needs to give me you know line item veto and all that." Um, that's you unconstitutional, know, so, by the way, what he requested. Right. So so <laughs> he really he signed it and he didn't know what he signed. And as it turns out, jokes on him, there's some sanctions and things against Russia in there that he did not even know about it. <laughs> and some other things, you know, internet stuff and uh, yeah, there's all sorts of little gems in there that he didn't even know and he just signed it. So, you know, he's gonna <laughs> I don't know who's looking out for him. Amendment <laughs> it's not a, his staff. A- <laughs> Donald Trump has a tiny penis. Yeah. He's like, I didn't mean to <laughs> sign this. What the fuck? <laughs> He's just mad. That he you has, guys showed me this he's before. Terrified he might have to read things on his own. Just to, I don't um, even know if anyone's going to tell him. You know, <laughs> no. But so I mean, I'm curious to see what happens with the North Korea peace talk. I, the thing is, the thing that's w- troubling to me is that 
I don't think Trump would have a problem necessarily standing up to him because he thinks he knows best anyway. But he's also, why would he hire him unless he met with him and liked what he had to say? And I can't imagine John Bolton went in there talking about diplomacy with North Korea. Well, so that's, well how many applicants worrisome. do you think they have right now in the Trump administration? <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> he does what he always does. You know, the way he picks everyone is he sees them on TV. He goes, yeah, yeah. I like that face. I like what they have to say. He doesn't care what their actual views are, really. And he'll keep them around for a while. He, he, he first, actually, funnily enough, he didn't like him initially on TV because of his mustache. Yeah, yeah that mustache was supposed to be the thing that would keep him away. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually like a news story. He, he was a, he was going to be the initial NSA uh, national security advisor, but uh, the the scuttlebutt was that Trump didn't think he was camera ready enough. He did, he didn't like his mustache. Oh my God! This is how we're making. What if he makes now? him cut it off? What if he's but, just like, but, if you want to keep your job, you gotta, you gotta shave that fucking thing off your face. <laughs> he's like, gonna he's walk into his office. Ready, but... He's gonna be a barber there. He's gonna be like. <laughs> He's not camera ready, but like Sarah Huckabee Sanders is. I mean, I, you know, I'm not here to make fun of anybody's appearance, but you know, oh, yeah. none of these people, you know, Kelly well, and Conway, also a replacement, none of them are. Though. I mean, yeah, yeah, none of them are know. exactly, uh, you know, Playboy center. You guys, saw the apparently Jim Carrey's new career is being a uh, political cartoonist now. Do you see this? Yeah, I saw the the, the picture and got pissy about. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't really give a shit. I mean, oh you know. no, I just think it's funny because they're like all they do is mock Hillary Clinton's appearance. You know, it's like the only thing I don't <laughs> give a shit about is is that. But it's you know. right, right. Yeah. Um, well, no, and and I've learned that is that um, a lot of these shit libs, neo libs, whatever you want to call them, are fine with that. And I, I've I've yelled at people quite a bit on my Twitter feed and, and in other places about that um, because they do. They really. Uh, you know, hit below the belt um, on all of these things and constantly make appearance an issue. And it's like, I'm not going to say any of them are, you know, beauty queens or, you know, whatever. But at the same time, that's not the problem that I have with them. The problem that I have with them is, you know, like in Huckabee Sanders case, the shit that she gets up and says, you know, mm -hmm. like that's yeah. the problem that I have, not anything else. Yeah. That, well, I mean, you know, that, it's, it's the public figure. So you get to say whatever you want, really. You know, you kind of give up yeah. your right to autonomy when you are on TV every day speaking for the most powerful office in the world. Um, of it, so. I just expect better from left. I just do. And I know I shouldn't. And I keep getting, you know, reminded that I shouldn't. Mm. But I still expect better. But I mean, some of the some liberals are like the most racist fucking like the, the you know, the centrists are like some of the most racist fucking virulent people that I've ever had a conversation with so it's like oh, yeah, yeah. Was the, it's, the all, it's all very, guy that very told close us somebody to go fuck themselves with a chainsaw or fuck themselves with bernie's dick or something like that was that that guy you I mean, know he said about? a million homophobic things oh, like yeah. that but yeah. no jen, jen kirkman i think said that but she hopes bernie fucks himself with a chainsaw or yeah like I'm, I'm sort of i guess real, my real classy <laughs> Very classy, but um, no, I mean, to me, that the, all the appearance shit is just another extension of identity politics, which you know, actually, the actual left doesn't give a fuck about. We just care about policy. I mean, Bernie Sanders isn't exactly you know George Clooney, but nobody right. gives a fuck because he you know supports the. That's what I love about him. I love that that he just Frumpy caught them all so off guard with his ill-fitting suits and his hair blowing around <laughs> and all of it. It only makes him more endearing to me. He's such Remember the opposite of Trump with in terms of his appearance. Uh, yeah. Like you know, the first time you ever saw Larry David as Bernie Sanders, I mean, was that not the funniest <laughs> fucking thing? You'd oh, it's great, so good. I carry around everything loose like a bunch of books at a college professor. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I mean, yeah, it was. You know, my favorite, my favorite Bernie quirk is. You ever noticed during debates and stuff, he's pulling notes out of like, like he's a fucking magician. He's got notes in every pocket. He's just <laughs> constantly unfurling little pieces of paper. Watch for it next time he does a debate or something. He just constantly is pulling notes out of like every every pocket he owns. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, You'll never unsee it now. No, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you won't. I'm sure you won't. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, speaking of Bernie bros, uh, Cynthia Nixon is running for governor of New York. Uh, Very exciting news for me because uh, for the second bluest state in the country, we were represented by one of the most conservative, terrible, corrupt Democrats uh, imaginable uh, in Andrew Cuomo. Uh, I want to play. I want to play her uh, campaign ad because I thought it was really strong, and we can come back and talk about it and the uh, kind of bullshit smearing that's that's popped up in the wake of it. Mild protest. Yeah. New York is my home. How you doing? I've never lived anywhere else. Yeah. When I grew up here. It was just my mom and me in a one-bedroom, fifth-floor walk-up. <laughs> New York is where I was raised and where I'm raising my kids. I'm a proud public school graduate and a prouder public school parent. I was given chances I just don't see for most of New York's kids today. Our leaders are letting us down. We are now the most unequal state in the entire country with both incredible wealth and extreme poverty. Half the kids in our upstate cities live below the poverty line. How did we let this happen? I love New York. I've never wanted to live anywhere else, but something has to change. We want our government to work again on health care, ending mass incarceration, fixing our broken subway. We are sick of politicians who care more about headlines and power than they do about us. It can't just be business as usual anymore. If we're going to get at the root problem of inequity, we have to turn the system upside down. We have to go out ourselves and seize it. This is a time to stick our necks out, to remember where we came from, This is a time to be visible. This is a time to fight. I'm Cynthia Nixon. I'm a New Yorker. And together, we can win this fight. So, yeah, um... I, th- I think that ad was great, and the visuals are, you know, important too. Anyone who's uh, listening to this who hasn't seen it should definitely check it out. Um, the yeah, the, we talked about this the other day. The the shot of her when she's the the big thing, you know, she's running for well, at least in New York, is fixing the subway because she's a subway rider, right? And that's one of the things that is controlled by the the governor, and it's been underfunded. Um, so on the, the last shot you see of her, she's riding the subway, and she's kind of like looks down at the camera and kind of smirks like. Like not your typical kind of campaign ad at all. She, it's like this very knowing kind of wise, confident smile, and then you hear the the conductor on the train say "Last stop, Albany" or whatever. It's like <laughs> I, I've never seen an ad quite like that. It did remind me a little bit of the Eric Garner ad that she did for Bernie, in that it's kind of longer and more emotional. 
Um, but yeah, I got, I, I got, I got the touchy feely feeling. I got chills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. No, so good. So good. Um, and, guys, yeah, and she, she didn't mention that she's a lesbian in that. No, or that she'd be the, yeah, no, I know. I don't know why she's giving <laughs> up a perfectly good opportunity to alienate a bunch of people with identity politics. I don't know. Why did somebody and attack he, her for that? Well, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I did hear something. Uh, let me see if I, oh, uh, so, uh, one of Cuomo's top surrogates, uh, something Quinn, I can't, I can't I remember, if, uh, Cynthia Quinn, something like that, uh, called her an unqualified lesbian. So, you know, right. uh, which Cynthia Nixon responded on Twitter with a great fucking response. She goes, uh, when I announced yesterday that I'm running for governor, one of Cuomo's top surrogates dismissed me as an unqualified lesbian. It's true that I never received my certificate from the Department of Lesbian Affairs, <laughs> though in my defense, there's a lot of paperwork required. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and then she's the, fucking the, awesome. I love her. The, the other woman totally had to dial it back and say, "Well, I didn't mean to say that she better do it." So it was like <laughs> totally, totally backlash on that shit. Yeah. I saw a criticism basically saying, "Oh, you know, Bernie Bros. You know, we don't care about identity politics until one of our candidates is, you know, is a lesbian or no, something we still like don't. that." And, and it's like she didn't uh, yep. lead with that. She didn't talk about. <laughs> I that. didn't know she and, was. I mean, you know, I didn't. It's great, but you know, it, yeah, it's it's she's not really the point equality. of what she's saying. I mean, right. That's what that's that's what fucking made me like, oh man, like sit up and listen. You know, I was like, wow, you're actually gonna do something to fix income inequality in New York, and you know, make sure we well, have functioning so healthcare. That'd one be of fucking the, awesome. There's uh there's some shitty donut Twitter account that I uh, apparently has me blocked already. I didn't even know who this person was. And their criticism was, oh, so the alt-left has no problem with this celebrity running for office, but they hated Oprah, who's a celebrity, considering running for office. And I was just like, what the fuck? Does the, I, does the concept of policy positions ever come into your brain whatsoever? <laughs> they, you know, there's they a don't reason. don't know what policies are. Well, no. How many conversations <laughs> have you had with that? And I don't know if this is a CTR-like edict or something but how many times have you been in an argument where you're like okay tell me what policies you support and we and we can go from there and they just never do it they refuse to do it yeah. like i've had yeah. so many conversations where like i'm not going to do i'm not going to debate policy with you in bad faith or blah blah like that's always the line i get and i'm like what what the fuck does that even mean i don't care about well, like they were told that hillary's you know platform and her website had like a gazillion policy papers and she did the problem is most of those policies were a lot of words that didn't say a whole yeah. lot and didn't change yeah. anything. So, well, I mean, you can have 65 policy papers, you know, on, on everything. And, you know, if it doesn't do so, what we need it to do, it's not going to help. So, you know, Hillary obviously had, was very famous for having a public position and a private position. Well, the right. person that had said this about uh, Cynthia Nixon versus Oprah and the, the less uh, views on each, uh, somebody shared screenshots of this person recently uh, in different conversations, claiming to be white in one instance, and then on another instance, claiming <laughs> to not be white, based on whatever whatever the topic was, so they could just contradict it, use it as a an ID poll shield. Is this one of Peter Dow, one of Peter Dow's accounts. Got to be one of the puppet accounts, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so anyway, I was I was like, oh, that's why I'm already pre-blocked. It's one of these people that, that goes through lists of socialists to block them ahead of time, as though that's going to like. Did you guys them. see Sally Sally Albright's defense on that whole thing? By the way. 
Uh, yeah, well, I've seen it, it changes say? every so often. So yeah. she she came out and said, well, you know, these are just accounts that I have. And I just basically, you know, like let different people use them, you know, <laughs> yes. like rotate or, you know, them she through. said that a bunch of people gave her their accounts when they didn't right. want them anymore. And she's like, well, I changed <laughs> the pictures on some of them because they asked like, hey, you know, you changed the pictures uh, to, to like pictures of like dead people. You like just Google image search, you know black woman or white you know blonde woman or like things like that and and then she was like well you know i changed the pictures on some of them but these are just accounts that people want me to manage for them yeah the dead people just like, gave up their account when they passed away <laughs> like what I don't... the fuck well did yeah, you see the just... buffers she, she's like, response might be like mentally ill like does she's she's a fucking weird person like that's not a normal <laughs> thing to do so so what buffer... would buffer say they they put out a, a press release and said based yeah. on what she did we're booting all of her accounts and we're changing the whole way our platform operates. Yeah, I think yeah. I read that in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then she posted out she was going to take a break from Twitter for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah, lick her wounds. <laughs> you poor thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. She, she, she blamed it on something else, but yeah, yeah. When well, you when you when your numbers start tanking. Yeah, well, and they tweeted this directly at her, too, in the middle of a thread where she was saying that had nothing to do with it. Yeah, and they were like, uh, yeah, we, we had to do this because of you, Sally. Sorry. <laughs> like, talk about getting slapped. If you're going to do shit like that, at least do it so nobody notices. Like, they were just so blatantly obvious about it. Did she delete? Bad. She deleted her Twitter. No. Are Is she two right L's now? or one L? Oh, no, wait, wait, choose one L. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I follow Sally Altright, the parody account. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I found first. I was like, uh, no, okay, never mind. She's still there. Yeah, she's there. She's got um, the little fleur de lis as her background there. Tweeting a lot less, though. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Cynthia, um, Cynthia Nixon, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised because she could very easily take a very centrist, do-nothing uh, stance on things. And she's instead... You know, where Oprah was very just kind of like didn't have any policy position whatsoever on anything. She just gave a speech liberals liked because it, it was full of, uh, you know, nothing concrete and lots of feeling, which is that's their whole M.O., right? Where Cynthia Nixon right out of the gate says, here's my very clear stated strong progressive policy positions on actual things that are affecting people. And no wonder everyone on the left liked her. They're like, holy shit, she actually stands for something. And she got more. I don't know if you saw this. She got more donations under $200 in one day than Andrew Cuomo got in the last seven years. Yeah, wow. I saw that. That was amazing. <laughs> but no, you know, she wow. has no chance. That's what, that's what the pundits keep saying. Is she has no chance. Which means it's they're like, terrified what, of her. What the fuck? They're, oh, they're so terrified. They're writing smear article after smear article. Uh, speaking of which, on Twitter, uh, fucking just all around piece of shit, Alan Dershowitz, uh, <laughs> who, helped, who helped free OJ, by the way. So, you know, great guy. Uh, Cynthia <laughs> tweeted out, Cynthia Nixon may run for governor of New York. Uh, she has collaborated with Isra Israel haters, Jewish voice for peace. I'll repeat that once again. Israel haters, Jewish voice for peace, uh, and Vanessa Redgrave in boycotting Israel. Do not support her bigotry. So yeah. uh, Alan Dershowitz is a very not subtle uh, uh, Islamophobe. He fucking hates anybody who is not 100% in support of uh, Israel's apartheid government. He mm -hmm. smeared Keith Ellison as a fucking, you know, Farrakhan yep. protege. Like, he's just a fucking piece of shit. Um, and, he, and they and don't he, know and what to do because they're, a Democrat. these criticisms. 
yeah, these criticisms aren't working anymore, and people are still supporting regardless of these criticisms. Yeah, the whole a... anti-Semitic criticism is not holding anymore. No, it's and it's so... a joke. I mean, I, I've done work with Jewish Voices for Peace. Um, they're Jews, and they want peace. So to say that they're Israel haters is, um, I mean, it's defamatory. It's it's just disgusting what, what that guy says. Yeah. Well, they're, they're literally Jews who say, hey, it's really fucked up what the right wing government of Israel is doing <laughs> yeah. to uh, Palestinians. But no, they're they're anti-Semites. Yeah. That's, that's like saying he, if you bring up just fuck up slavery, off. then you hate America. Well, so, yeah, nah, she, she, she turned it around. She just shit. what did she say in response to that? I didn't see her respond to that. Uh, did oh, she? really? No, her she response was, um, thank you for not endorsing me. <laughs> so, like, she, she, she didn't waste any time and just like basically said, oh, man. you know, I would never want you to, to like me based on who you are and your character. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty great. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's been a scumbag for years, uh, you know, <laughs> ever since the OJ case. I think that's when he first kind of gained <clears throat> national prominence, although or maybe he was like a talking head, you know, lawyer on, on CNN before that. But... I'm not going to critique somebody for fighting to give someone a fair trial. I mean, I think a lot of defense lawyers, you know, take that rap. I'm not going to critique him for that. But, yeah, his his positions are problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he came up with a lot of the, the, the false narratives in that case. Like he's responsible for. Um, that's his job. The whole well yeah. your, your job's not to make things up i mean th- th- what the defense your team did in the oj case is off. very eh, it's very unethical i'm sure there's some degree of law ethics where you shouldn't just make up a story about the lapd planting a fucking glove on you know at the murder scene when you had no proof to substantiate you know it's, it's, funny. it's, it's they, a little unethical i still they have to i still think they probably lives. did plant a glove and he was guilty so i'm, just, I'm, kind of, <laughs> I'm on both sides of that well one. no so the lapd is insanely fucked up and mark Furman is a, a virulent nazi and piece of garbage but <laughs> he's not all the evidence of the yeah. glove itself uh, leads me to believe it wasn't planted oh, based I, I on know, just, there's a lot of circumstances yeah. no i know <laughs> but yeah it, 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 well, that's why it worked because the lapd was so fucking it's still fucking corrupt but it, at the yeah. time it was insanely corrupt so it's like well you remember, you remember the scene it from was super the, easy uh, to make that argument from that docudrama that had uh like uh Kabudin jr and john travolta and everybody and like there's that scene where the guy he just like goes and puts the glove on while everyone's in recess and you're like wait did that really happen like no one's no one was like watching that happen in, in the actual courtroom when he just went and put the glove on and was like oh yeah, yeah, yeah i got yeah. an idea now like what <laughs> I, you know, didn't think was I, I watched an interview with uh, with what's his face with uh, Shapiro, and he said, "Yeah, I tried the glove on in the courtroom, like the actual murder weapon." Where's the security? Or the murder gloves? Where, where was the bailiff? What the then? fuck? How is that not tampering with like evidence? What the fuck? Yeah, like he that he, that's so that that was literally. There's so many things in that docudrama where I was like, "That's not true," and then I went back and watched YouTube like footage of the actual trial. I'm like, "Holy fuck, that really happened!" Yeah. Like, yeah. I have no illusions of fair trials in this country, whether it's defense no. or prosecution. But it's yeah. I mean, you still got to have a defense, even if it is a, a sleazy, expensive LA yeah. bang yeah. Remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how the that that show actually humanized them to a degree. But yeah, in real life, that guy was is yeah, way worse, I guess. So. Yeah, no, he's he's a piece Did, of. Do we know he, if OJ actually got out of jail? Is he still in jail or not? Does anyone know? No, he's out. Is he out? He's he's the juice yeah, is loose, baby. Oh, that's right. And he <laughs> he said that um, what's his name? Uh, Kaepernick. Oh yeah, uh, Colin, is, uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, did the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, by disrespecting the flag. Yeah, and oh I was like, God, oh you man, you can't make the shit up. You cannot uh, make the shit. I'm like, come on, OJ. It's not like he cut the flag's head off. 
<laughs> well, look, because OJ still is still a white guy at the end of the day. You know, no matter how black his skin is, he's still a white guy. He still wants to get into the country clubs. Yeah. So he's got to say the things that all the other white guys are saying. So he gets out of jail right away. He's like, what? what's the number one issue that pisses off rich white men? Oh, my God, Colin Kaepernick kneeling for the anthem. Yeah. Uppity black people. Yeah. So I got to go I talk about that. Maybe that he... That he actually hangs in those circles, and so they're, you know, well, he did at least. I don't with, know if it, they still would hang around with him. But... I mean, you guys have made me more liberal than than I was before. I mean, don't use I that word. Keep trying That's harder. Word. <laughs> okay, more progressive. See, what I, yeah, more... <laughs> when I hear more liberal, I think moving further right. Honestly, <laughs> okay, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I don't even know the fucking terminology. <laughs> That's another thing. That's a pet peeve of mine. Is that the news media or whoever will always say more liberal when they mean more left, and I'm like, that's so not a good term anymore. Yeah. You really should say, <laughs> at the very least, say more progressive. You know, if not more. Just more left wing or more, yeah. whatever you well, want to say. My favorite is when um, tra- traditional conservatives, trad cons, or the alt right or whatever, when they're constantly referring to anarchists as liberals and then they constantly call liberals communists. And it's yeah, like, what's the funniest thing? Where the fuck are you? How far like to the Barack right do you have to go? A communist. Bar- Barack Obama uh, yeah. is the biggest fucking capitalist. Like, that we've, you know, it's like. Oh, yeah. I, I heard somebody call Hillary about? Clinton left wing about a year ago. They were like, oh, Hillary Clinton, all of her left wing bullshit. I'm like, name a left wing thing she supports. Name one. We wish she was left wing. It would have been a lot easier to yeah. vote for her if she actually was left wing. And the wing. thing is. But here's the thing. It, well, it, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> no, uh, no, go ahead. Finish. Oh, it sure. I was just going to say, like, I guarantee if I listed off actual left wing things, that right wing person probably would have agreed with them. <laughs> is yeah, the weird right. part. Right. People are just so no, I can tell you, I can tell you how much mainstream media someone consumes by what their political stances are, because as I have walked away increasingly from CNN and MSNBC and all of that and just gotten my news at, at different places, you know, my worldview has changed. But I, I can still tell those people, you know, in my in my circles that do still in, intake that because they're still talking about those same things. And it's just it's really interesting to watch. So a lot of the people that watch msnbc and you know some of these things they really do believe that they're like super left they don't even know the alternative know, they've never heard it that's, that's, so that's the controlled opposition you narrow the range yeah. of debate and you have an extremely fervent debate within that very tight confined space of what's acceptable discourse as far as you know what what you think the difference in between the two sides are so progressives drive them insane because they want to have that view of themselves as super leftists. And then when we point out, when anyone points out that, that they're actually a lot closer to the center or maybe even yeah. right, yeah, they, they go nuts. Mm-hmm. Well, Jimmy Dore always says nobody likes to be outlefted. It's a very, you know, people get, people get very offended, um, which I, I, I'm sure I've experienced. I, I don't know. But, like, I, I, but especially when you're somebody who buys the establishment line, you're going to be outlefted on nearly every policy from a Bernie voter. So it's like, it's yeah. constantly triggering to them, which is why they hate us more than they even hate Trump well, voters. On, on the gun thing. So today there was a massive rallies all around the country against uh, gun violence. You know, these, these, these kids are... March for our yeah. lives, yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, the critique from people that are like tanky commie leftists is... You know, well, gun laws are just going to disproportionately affect the poor and people of color. Well, and that's, of course, my concern as well. But then they also, I heard people today saying, well, this march is really just for the rich white kids who got shot at a school. You know, it's not really for anything else. And it's like, yeah, I don't really agree with that for one. Um, but it's still, it's still like there is some valid critique there that it's if 
there is a systemic problem affecting poor kids, it's not going to get national marches for the most part. But uh, yeah, I didn't like. It. I felt like I was like, getting out left in that moment. But I think, but I think if we fix the if we fix the gun problem, it it helps everybody. You know, it, it, it's I think people sometimes go a little too far in trying to box off like their mm-hmm. yeah. Like, look, there's there there are big picture problems that we could work on that will help everybody once you know addressed. It's not yeah, issues of public safety, which I think guns are are things that do cross race and class in ways that we do have to look at as being a bigger priority than just, oh, well, you might be slightly uh, more benefited by this than somebody else. No. Well, and like, I don't you know, know if p- I believe the whole issue of, of um, you know, people that are living in poverty or whatever being disproportionately affected, you know, by gun laws, because, I mean, have you looked at how expensive guns are? Have you been in a gun store? I mean, like the cheapest gun, yeah, the one time I did go in a store, it was like, you know, three or 500 bucks. I mean, they're expensive. That is not something that, you know, in drugs, the same thing. You know, there was always this assumption that, that people that were on Medicaid or, you know, living in poverty were all on drugs. You can't afford drugs when you're that poor. You just can't. Sure. No, I think what they were saying, getting at is the application of law would disproportionately punish poor people just the way that, you know, people that are wealthier can buy their way out of the legal system in ways that poor people can't. Well, I don't think it's even about in terms of punitive. It's just in terms about stop it, of stopping the flow of, of these like insanely deadly guns. To mm-hmm. the, like the whole thing is like, so fixing gun laws, making sure that universal background checks were, uh, you know, implemented and things like that. People always talk about Chicago. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Chicago is one of the, they have strictest gun laws and this is the worst gun violence. Chicago is surrounded by a bunch of fucking redneck states that don't have yeah. any gun laws, like Indiana. All their guns come from Wisconsin. <laughs> and Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talk- <laughs> um, Cheers. <laughs> and, but so it's like, yeah, no, if you fix the problem of these people fucking funneling guns and buying all these, you know, semi-autos and, and just insane quantities of ammunition and things like that <laughs> in, in these other places, it's like... Yeah, I just wrote a comedy sketch in my head um, of, of like inner city urban black kids having to go out to the to the boondocks of uh illinois or indiana to buy guns and like bonding with some <laughs> racist white supremacists over their love anyway not essential well, <laughs> i mean i guess that you know if that's what's happening it's it is a bizarre thing to think about if that's what they're saying is that that's where the guns are coming from i, I mean i can speak to some of the gun shops here they would not sell a weapon to someone that they perceived was a quote unquote thug or gangbanger yeah. or whatever. They just, they, they wouldn't probably go to gun shows. They probably, those States don't have guns that those States have the gun show loophole, mm-hmm. a couple of them. Yeah. So they, they probably go to gun shows, That's load up likely. their vans and yeah. bring them back into Chicago, bring them back into Illinois. You know, like it, 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 there's so many, it's so fucking easy to buy a gun in America, like in, in, in most States. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, I, I have no doubt that, that there's a combination of things, but it's like we're never going to fucking fix it unless we fix it for everybody. And, you know, I, so my, my boy Killer Mike fucking let me down today. Did you see he was doing he did He appeared in an NRA video. I heard about that. Yeah. Oh, what? So now. No, he, I didn't well, just... they interviewed. He uh, if you ever watched you've, you've watched that interview he did with Bernie right in the barbershop. Oh, the whole hour. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So he, he disagreed with Bernie on guns and Bernie, you know, was, was saying like, look, I don't think we need semi-automatic. And, but Killer Mike's point is like, look, you know, black people have been oppressed by the government. Of, he had good points about how mm-hmm. he thinks black people need to arm themselves because that's the only way to protect themselves from an oppressive government. 
But I think what happened is that he agreed to do an interview and then they turned it into like Killer Mike endorses the NRA, which I don't know is necessarily. <laughs> One the of case. our friends yeah. tweeted at him and apparently he answered. I'll look it up and see if I can find yeah, what his so, answer was. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Our friend Holly tweeted, uh, bro, you just showed up in an, in an NRA commercial while young kids of all races just walk uh, the streets calling for stronger gun legislation while the NRA belittles the kids. What the fuck? And then he responded, uh, I did an interview. They used it. I donated to orgs that marched today. Uh, I ain't tell them you can't march because you got my money. My point remains, black people own and train uh, with your firearm because I don't trust this country. Yeah. I mean, mean, I'm fine with all that. I hear that. (laughs) Yeah. I understand. I understand. I I, I think it, yeah. I disagree with his decision, but I totally understand what he's saying. And it's not untrue. If anybody has a right to say it. It's a person yeah, of color right. in this country. No, sure. If anybody well, has a right to distrust the government, the yeah. people walking into a school <laughs> yeah. and in, indiscriminately shooting dozens of children are white men. So I'm not yeah, worried yeah. about Killer Mike and his friends doing that. No, me neither. No, exactly. So. Um, and I and he, and, and he said actually, de-arm every military. Like I, I would be fine with de-arming every military in the world. You know, like he's he's he doesn't love guns. He's just you know he as as currently constituted the way the country is with. A sea of fucking 300 million guns he thinks that black people need to arm themselves which i don't necessarily I disagree of, with him yeah, i kind I don't of disagree. agree i think I mean, if the black panthers made a you know huge move you know and then you know just black people people of color in this country all went out and bought guns i mean i don't want it i don't want them to do that because then it would just put money in the gun manufacturer's hands but i'll tell you what it would change the dialogue well, that's that's what happened in California. The, the 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 California used to have very lax gun laws, and the Black Panthers were like, "Hey, why don't we all just buy guns and, and show up at the courthouse?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And immediately, California passed a bunch of gun laws because the black people started buying guns. So, so they understood that that um, is actually the way to scare white people is to buy a bunch of guns. I actually live right by the Capitol building of my state, and I uh, happened to see a little rally going on today, much later in the day after the uh, anti-gun rally and i was like oh there's oh, there's a program. there was yeah there was it was several dozen people with their machine guns um and their uh hip holstered pistol whatever the fuck and they had a um, they had a podium and they uh, had actually the, it's a semi-automatic yeah. weapon if it's you don't a, know what ar stands for you're not allowed to be God, a, if you don't know what it said for you're not allowed to talk about it yeah. guys god so i rolled up on my on my bike and i'm sure they all like you know from the wraparound uh metallic <laughs> reflective shades all were like glaring at me without turning their head because they're you know they're like yeah turn um, down the saliva on the jukebox right yeah and you know there's a guy who was speaking and uh he basically said if they take away our second amendment we can't defend any of our other freedoms and i was like name another freedom name another uh, amendment to the constitution that you know of <laughs> besides the second amendment <laughs> that you think that gun is actually protecting um but yeah it's like nobody's actually proposing getting rid of every gun they're talking about i mean at the very least having a more rigorous background check so that some fucking crazed psychopath that wants to get revenge on some girl that wouldn't fuck him can't go build an arsenal in a matter of a week and go massacre a bunch of people at the same time yeah yeah yep uh, when just one uh, other thing to close out the, the <clears throat> March segment, I, I thought it was great. I watched a lot of, you know, speeches that the kids gave. It was tremendous. Um, CNN actually caught up with Paul McCartney, though, on the streets. And yeah. I thought this was really, really like touching. This made me cry. They asked him. Uh, yeah, me too. It was really today. fucking <laughs> sad. 
uh, they they asked him like, hey, you know, so why why are you out here in support? And he's like, well, you know, one of my best friends was killed in gun violence right around here, so it's uh, really important oh, to me. And, and I didn't even think about that. And I was <laughs> like, oh fuck. And it's just Paul has wow. a way of saying things, you know. Like he he's always like even when, even when Lennon died, they asked him like about it. And he's like, oh, you know, it's a drag, man. You know, like but like people are like, oh, that's so weird. But it's just like he has a way about him, like the way he says things. You know, it's just. Matter of fact, it's just, yeah. Just the way he is. Like you that's the way he processes things. But do you I have don't, audio? But no, oh, no. I, yeah. no. But but it but it was it was just a really sweet uh you know thing. So I was like, oh wow, that's the So pretty, on Facebook incredible. Uh, when I as soon as I saw it on Twitter, I put it on Facebook because I was like, at least people on Facebook will be smart enough to understand why this matters. Because I feel like people on Facebook are idiots, right? And then I realized that, <laughs> well, they are. I mean, we, we're on Twitter, right? And we see everything in real time. And then two weeks later, it'll show up on Facebook and the reactions are even dumber. Um, <laughs> and somebody else shared it from the, the thing that I had shared. And the comments immediately on that person's share from what I posted, someone's like, I don't like a bunch of rich celebrities telling me how to live my life. And I, uh, not to, to use a pun, unloaded on him. Um, the nice thing about Facebook is you can still call someone a stupid fucking ignorant cunt and there's nothing they can do about it. <laughs> and that's what I said. There's no shadow banning. There's no, no, nope. Twitmo <laughs> nope. On Facebook. You can't post a butt, but you can call someone all the bad words you want. <laughs> God, we really need like a new social media platform. They're all fucking horrible. There's a lot of discussion about that right now with the the whole, you know, boycott Facebook, delete Facebook stuff going on. People are saying, oh, well, you know, Twitter isn't it, obviously. And then there's, you know, MeWe. And, you know, oh, then there's a, a theory that um, that we're being pushed, that, that we're being pushed off of Facebook to, to keep our movement down. And so it's, it's just weird. <laughs> I, I don't even know. It's like, I don't even know how the logic is going on, on all know, of this stuff, whether to stay on or go. I didn't even want to necessarily get into it too much, but regarding the whole Cambridge Analytica thing, it, it, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of much ado about nothing. Like I understand, like it, it, again, once again, it's something that people are like, "Oh my God, well Trump's blah blah blah." What the campaign did was legal. It, like mm-hmm. Barack Obama had an app that data mined the entirety of Facebook when he ran in 2012. This is something that is a Facebook problem that Facebook has allowed people to do because of their algorithms. And because of the way they collect our data, they have all this fucking info already anyway. So it's very easy for a company to come in, ask you to, to click off and sign some basic permission thing that you never read and mine all of your data. So, and you know, people are, yeah. people's hair, are, hair is on fire about this, of course, because it's Trump and it's, but again, it's funny because also Cambridge Analytica is not US based and nobody's saying collusion, collusion with, 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 with a, Great uh, you Britain. know, with a British. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, it, again, it, to me, it's like, is it fucked up that people can do that? Yeah, it's fucked up. But also, you know, that's that's a Facebook problem. That's because Mark Zuckerberg has no problem selling out right, everybody's fucking information yeah. because well, that's the only way they the, make money. The data that was taken was when it was available back before they, they locked it down. Mm-hmm. So the data that was there, it wasn't supposed to be used for those purposes. So it technically was a violation of the terms of services, but it was available. And so, you know, uh, available, I mean, was it against the law? You know, uh, supposedly Cambridge had said that they deleted it and they really didn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, if, if Cambridge never got another piece of data on you, there's enough information out you about there across so many other services pub- publicly available that they'll still know how you're going to vote for the rest of your mm-hmm. life. So the whole deleting it, uh, good luck. So uh, I, 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 you I know, all the, this is over. 
there was there was a great Onion article or headline just said uh, Facebook users considered to be worthwhile just to watch this little piece of shit squirm, referring to Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> and and the thing that bugged me about this was he lost like uh, eight billion dollars in net worth, so he went from having seventy five billion dollars down to like sixty whatever. And they were even like saying, "Wow, that's got that's a really bad day for him." I mean, doesn't matter how wealthy you are, if you lost, even on on Young Turks, they were like crying a tear for him. And it was like, you know what? If you lose ten percent of your net worth uh, for normal people, that's going called growing grocery shopping. If I go spend one hundred and fifty bucks grocery shopping, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, that's ten percent of my net worth. Lost, <laughs> you know, it's like I'll fucking. I spend ten percent of my net worth. I think every time I go, you know, yeah, yeah go I to go to the bar dinner. and have a good night. And that's like twenty percent um, of my net worth. It's just fucking <clears throat> preposterous the way rich people are treated in this country like fucking deities because they have you know less of a problem fucking over regular people than the rest of us do. Yeah. And have the access to, you know, the systems in place to do it. But, yeah, fuck Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I, I, I just think it's, of course, again, another hair on fire thing because, you know, it, it's the more volume of bullshit you could throw at Trump, the more the whole story uh, gains credence. So, like, the more they throw stuff like this, the more collusion with Russia in their minds becomes a plausible effort. And the less they have to talk about actual policy. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. what it really just seems like to me every time I read one of these stories where everyone on the fucking planet is talking about it 24-7 on cable news, you know? I did see some discussion today of people <clears throat> making it like it wasn't that um, Cambridge used the data that they had to win, but they used the data that they had to know where to cheat. That was sort of the <laughs> basically what was said. And I, mean, I was kind of like, where to cheat? You could cheat. You can like, cheat anywhere. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter where. You know what I mean? Why would they go, okay, I'm only going to do it here and here? I, mean, I hear the phrase like Cambridge cheating, and I just think it's like a soccer thing. That's <laughs> how my brain goes. But, and again, all this data and all this bullshit, nobody is physically changing votes. Like, you still need to present a fucking candidate with a good enough message that's delivered well enough that people actually want to vote for him or her. And the do fucking I believe Democrats the votes were changed? Do- I do. I do. But I don't believe it was the Russians. No, you think we're so if I'm trying to understand it right, because I, I don't understand how all the analytics work or the algorithms. Basically, it's like if they can figure out who the, the swing voters are based on what they're clicking and liking on taking that metadata, they can figure out ways to um, send them more content or make sure they see more content that's likely to sway right. them. And that right. can be the deciding factor in, in something where you've Which got legal. millions of people. That's legal. Right. Well, that's, but yeah. that's yeah, the well, way that Facebook is designed is to be, have an algorithm so you, you don't get to yep. see everything. So basically, they, another company got caught doing the same thing that Facebook does to everyone already. So <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know. yeah. Which, again, it's like, why? Yeah. Um, and again, I think it just ultimately, in the, at the end of the day, it comes down to if you had a good enough candidate, none of the shit would have mattered. And people try to do this electioneering bullshit in every election. And the Republicans have been trying to suppress votes in elections since, uh, you know, well before Nixon. So I don't know why that, any of this is a fucking newsflash. It's just a newsflash right. because they lost to an orange clown and their, you know, anointed one didn't fucking win. And they can't well, and possibly even the address why she lost. Yeah, even the interference by Russia or whoever else is trying to interfere. Come on, again, other countries have attempted it here and will continue to just as we have in their countries. So no surprise, karma. (laughs) 
you know, but no, I, yeah, I really think 13 twi- uh, Twitter trolls with memes uh, swung the election. I think that that's what sway- <laughs> swayed the 70,000 necessarily uh, necessary voters in the swing states to make sure. No, it's fu- look, Hillary Clinton fucking sucked. All right. Like, I don't, I'm so sick of even talking about it, but you fucking sucked. <laughs> they have to just understand that they can't run candidates like that anymore and move on, which they're never going to do because then they'll all be out of jobs. So we're going to be stuck in this endless cycle of fucking arguing about this with them until progressives actually take over the democratic party or we well, obliterate the democratic party. The thing that I worry about, how many times have they done this? I mean, we, we became aware of these, the primary shenanigans and they got so angry. It's like they got caught this time. How many times has it always been like this where this is exactly the same sure. way they iced the progressive? Yeah. I'm sure they did the same shit to Jesse Jackson in 88. You know, mm-hmm. it's what they always do. Well, there was a lot of talk about that, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Ever since McGovern, they, they, they one fucking progressive, you know, loses an election because they gave him a shitty vice president, and it's like, well, we can never let a progressive win again. And that's when they came up with superdelegates, and I guarantee you, ever since then, they've been meddling in their own primaries to make sure the most center-left candidate or, you know, center or maybe center-right candidate ends up winning. <laughs> um because that's partly that they're thinking and partly they know that that's the candidate that's going to bring in the most money for them and keep them all employed, all the consultants, so, all the... So this is my fear now with, with the March for Our Lives. You know, there's a, a generation that is entering activism and politics and all of this. And this is their first, this is their entree into it. And if they go out and they do all of this stuff and they make their voices heard and they do all the shit that we've asked them to do and nothing changes... I think I just fear that our, you know, levels of voting are going to go down even worse because people are just going to be like, I mean, why should I bother? Way, I, I agree. But look at the way they reacted the other day. We so we should where last week we, we played that clip of Bernie at the speaking at the rally with all the teens, mm-hmm. you know, at the anti-gun mm-hmm. rally. I, I don't think that they buy the mainstream media narrative like as much like I'm sure they're not as dialed in because they're high school kids and nobody yeah. fucking we didn't pay attention that much in high school. But um, I, I really don't think by and large that they watch a lot of cable news. You know, the average cable news viewer is like 68 years old. It's like right. they're so getting their news from we were going to uh, we're going to mention places, the, the you know? Bernie Town Hall a bit. We haven't really gotten to that. But one of the things Michael Moore said on that at Bernie Town Hall on, on economic or just inequality in general was he understood how so many people have become burned out and apathetic at a system so they don't vote anymore. And I was like, yeah, that's the, absolutely um, I respect when people don't vote because they're, they think it doesn't make a difference, you know, and he got ripped apart by the alt center for saying that saying what a privileged, uh, white male perspective to, to think that you can <laughs> oh, da da da. Now, of course it's from people, they were saying that were people who hate Bernie. So of course they're going to attack him for anything, but it's like, no, it's not the voters who are apathetic. It's the fucking politicians that are apathetic. They're apathetic yeah. to the needs of people who are struggling to pay the rent, struggling to buy food, struggling to get health care. They are apathetic to those people they're supposed to represent. And that's why people stop voting, right? So when yeah. I certainly understand that idea of burnout, and yes, young people, they're susceptible to that. They're just getting into that world of politics. Um, they're going to have the, those moments, right? But they have more tools at their disposal to upend the status quo than anyone's ever had before, right? That's so true. that's the thing that gives me hope about them is that they're extremely educated. They understand the power they have 
you know, and that's a, that's a really critical thing to, to know, to know what you can do with other people successfully before you even start doing it is crucial. Um, so yeah, they're going to hit roadblocks the way we always have. Um, but I think they're in a better position to do something about these things than, uh, any generation prior. That's true. I'm, and I'm, I think I am in part thinking about myself because that was, you know, I was in DC as a young person, you know, working for a congressman, you know, trying to make changes, trying to affect change within a party and just realizing how much bigger than one person it was, or even a group of people, um, how incredibly challenging it is to affect change, but you're right. They do have different tools and, um, you know, hopefully we can help them through those moments of, of discouragement in a way that maybe we weren't. Mm-hmm. We just got to get them to stop tweeting out Ronald Reagan quotes. And I think we'll be okay. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't that's think a little disheartening to me. You saw a millennial tweet out Ronald Reagan. Yeah. No, well, like, uh, that David Hogg kid tweeted out like a, a Ronald Reagan quote about selling arms, about how we shouldn't be selling military grade arms to civilians, which I'm like, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's a it's good one because it, it goes, I mean, but, it but goes it's in also, the face of Republicans who love to, you know, to say Reagan is the greatest. It's like, look, you know this is one of your heroes. That because he's a fucking hypocrite. Not David. Uh, Reagan's a fucking hypocrite because of, I mean, yeah, he could say, I don't want to sell military grade uh, weapons to civilians, but look at fucking Iran-Contra. I mean, like, it's just like, you yeah. know, to, to, I just, I, I don't, I have a well, personal big, thing about liberal problem I have I with are, control is they're like, well, the weapons we use to go uh, destroy other countries shouldn't be sold to civilians. It's like you shouldn't be fucking going to other countries. With shouldn't them. be sold to anybody. It shouldn't be on any yeah. other street, whether it's Baghdad or, or or Baltimore. You know. Well, that's why Adam Schiff should shut the fuck up because he always talks about how much he's in solidarity with these kids. Meanwhile, he's the biggest bitch of the military-industrial complex that even exists in Congress. I mean, he takes more money from defense contractors and any other Democrat. And he just is totally cool with fucking, you know, the, the horrible genocide that we're, we're uh, facilitating in Yemen, you know, by selling all these uh, weapons to the Saudis and things like that. And it's just like, dude, I don't want to hear your fucking platitudes about gun control and about stopping violence. If you don't care about fucking kids in other countries like that, I just don't want to hear it. You know, did you guys see the, the picture of the kid, little kid too, like maybe 10 or 11 with the poster today that said, when I said I'd rather die than go to class, I was being hyperbolic, asshole. Wow. <laughs> That's really funny, but really depressing at the same time. It's oh like God, when people use the word depressing. hyperbolic and swear words in the same sentence. Kid swearing is a definite favorite thing of mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, Fucking A. Um, did you see that? Some some uh, woman who was at the march, I think she was a reporter, tweeted out, uh, a six-year-old just handed this to me, and it was a lollipop. That said, uh, this is the prize I get for uh, staying silent during active shooter drills. Oh wow! I'm like, wow, we, we live in a fucking nice country, don't we? That 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 fucking kids have to like Jesus That's fucking so dark. Christ. It, it, it never, I mean, something oh. I never had to grow up with. You know, we we did a tornado drill or a fire drill. That's what we did. Exactly. You know. Yeah. It was like or yeah. hide under your desks in case of nuclear explosion. Oh yeah. Well, there was that, I suppose. But they, <laughs> that was you um, felt like if that happened, there would be against nuclear one. explosions. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, you mentioned the uh, the inequality town hall, which was I thought was tremendous. Uh, and you know, again, it's one of those things you'll just never see on CNN, like a two hour uh, discussion of of actual policies that will help uh, bring the American people out of poverty at a time when income inequality is the worst it's ever fucking been. <sighs> and and yeah. it was just so refreshing to watch it. And uh, like, unless uh, you're Jen Kirkman or Patricia Arquette. 
And then, God. yeah, they. I think they both shared things saying, or no, Patricia Arquette said, I want a leader that's constantly focused on getting rid of fascism and stopping Russia, not these other distractions. Like it must be fucking nice to be so fucking rich that uh, income inequality or poverty is a distraction. Like, uh, what the fuck? Do they even hear what themselves? What the fuck is wrong with these people? Like, <laughs> the rich. Yeah, I, I just the rich. Yeah, the rich. And I mean, they're just rich, rich fucking people, assholes. That's it. You know, I don't know. I think Patricia Arquette. They're head the definition of just. They're the definition of like limousine liberals. You know, like yeah. when people used to say that. When right-wingers used to say that, I used to defend, you know, celebrity. I'd be like, oh, no, every celebrity should speak out for left-wing causes. But, you know, back before I realized that these people uh, – and, you know, obviously those critiques are, are unfounded because they're coming at them from the right. They think that they should – you know, but – I think some uh, of them It's just – the, there are people yeah. – well, the, when they're like, oh, well, yeah, well, from, well, I mean, like when right-wingers would say it, it's because they don't want, you know, change in those areas. But sure. – they're they're true in that these people don't actually give a fuck about working people, and they do just want to feel better about themselves by saying things about you know women's equality and all this stuff. Meanwhile, they don't right. actually want to help you know poor women or fifty you percent know, <laughs> of the fucking country is poor in poverty. Yeah. How so, brave you know. of you to to put on a fancy you know ten thousand dollar dress and go up and stand on a stage and and give a speech you know about how oppressed you are or yeah. whatever it is. How brave you know, and that's why I do give you know Alyssa Milano credit because she has actually gone out. And been she active she's, with yeah. the unwashed masses, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's driven her car to to take people to the polls and stuff like that. And and she again, I may not agree with her on everything, but at least she gets out there. She's not just doing this, um, you know, does for show. She, on does some she have show. like right wing views on stuff? Is that where she's coming from? No, no, she no, she's a Democrat. She but oh, she she's okay. she's gone out and canvassed for like Rob Quist, which was awesome. Okay. Uh, she's also gone out and canvassed for like John Ossoff, which is less awesome. But I don't think she's she's not malicious. She's she just thinks she's a little naive and that she thinks, you know, a Democrat is a Democrat, but she's not like anti progressive like she she supports right. moving forward. She just doesn't understand that a lot of these people don't actually want to do that yet, which is, right. you know, right. right. Yeah, that's the, the tough it, thing it, when people are like, why don't the Democrats understand that they keep doing this? They're going to lose. And it's like, why don't you understand that the Democrats are doing this because they want to lose? Like, so there's, there's sort of that, like that learning curve, like you take your like monetary reason yeah. for them. To... Yeah. So we, we've talked about this a million times, but yeah. Yeah. But no, I thought overall it was great. Uh, he had that guy, Derek, who, uh, brought out a stat that I Derek never Hamilton. heard before, but it was Derek Hamilton. It was fucking insane to me that this is true. He said 44% of homeless people work. So 40, almost half of all homeless people that you see on the street have a job. And, and they can't afford a fucking I, I was, roof over their head. I was surprised so many people didn't know that. Um, I, I've worked on I, I a didn't know that. documentary film projects where we went to a park and just interviewed homeless people. And almost all of them were people who worked and still slept in that park at night. Where did they work? Where they worked at like uh, McDonald's and places like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was definitely like low wage labor. But a lot of them, you know, they had been homeless so long that that was more stable for them. 
than trying to get a home and not knowing if they were going to be able to keep the job and afford it. Pay the rent right? every week. Yeah. Um, and their, you know, their political views, they were definitely all very uneducated in some way or another. Um, one of we, it was actually on the 4th of July that I was filming some of these people and they were like all drunk in the park and like only in America, are you allowed to drink a beer in a park? And it was like, actually, no, you're not. And actually every other country you are allowed to. So whatever <laughs> they were, yeah, it's like, what? it doesn't give a shit. But yeah. They were all like, oh, yeah, they, we, we sleep in the bushes at night and we go to work. Uh, in the daytime, you know. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of day so labor places, up. and yeah, you can. Yeah. <clears throat> it's fucked up, man. There's, like, uh, there's a really great documentary called up. Tent City USA, and it profiles this home, uh, homeless camp that gets displaced after a flood, and just how disruptive that was to this group, and how nobody else wants to let them camp anywhere else. Yeah, Seattle. It, yeah. Did you just see what they did? They installed bike racks. Oh yeah, I wrote an article about that actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like let's let's pit the cycling community against the homeless community, and I guarantee yeah. there's a lot of people who are wealthy tech bros who ride bikes that were like, I'm fine with that because I don't like seeing those hobos. Yeah. Because yeah. they steal bikes. You know, it's like you know what, motherfucker, if you're out <laughs> on the street trying to survive, you'll steal anything that's not locked down. So if you left your, yeah. you know, five thousand dollar carbon bike unlocked and someone took it, that's your fucking problem. Why don't you care about the poor people a bit more? Yeah. 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 <sighs> but uh yeah, that uh, you know, I'm glad he uh that Bernie's organizing things like that and I think we need more of those because people actually care about this shit because it affects them and well, you know millions the, watched it, right? 1.7. Yeah. One, yeah, yeah. 1. 1.7 watched it live, so who knows how many people have watched it since, you know. Um but you know, I mean, the shit affects people's lives and they're just not it's just a complete lack of this from mainstream media. They're talking about fucking who the president fucked like that. Nobody cares. Nobody fucking, I don't care who Trump fucked. Like I really don't. <laughs> have you, I don't care. Really if don't you fucked, know. Have you read any Stormy <laughs> Daniels Nixon. tweets? I really don't care. Have, have you read <laughs> any Stormy Daniels tweets recently? Oh God. Her lawyer tweeted out a picture of a CD. Ooh, salacious. Like who gives a fuck? Oh well, my God. I don't Stormy care. Daniels is, is she's got a really clever wit and, uh, she's been enjoying this moment apparently and somebody tweeted at her saying something like i hope trump sues her pants off and her response was i'm not wearing pants <laughs> <laughs> so definitely like you know there, uh, there's a oh, few she's still, like uh, active and shit yeah 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 absolutely no i mean there's there's definitely In like the adult some, film industry some some uh <laughs> sex worker I up her twitter I was like, pornographers oh, wow. uh you know set, that i follow on twitter and they're all really funny that's the word. That's like they all have a very good sense of humor about what they do and, and everything. So I anyway. think you'd have to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I just feel bad. I'm like, oh, you had to fucking you had a thing with that guy. He sucks. He's the president. He really sucks, though. Yeah, that's the weird thing to me is that she is like a young, attractive. Like, what? What the hell? Like, why? Why would you sleep with Donald Trump? Uh, like, money, I don't know. Money, you know. But yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, that's unfortunate. But um, so, you know, before we get out of here, uh, we got to do our unpopular opinions of the week. Um, <laughs> it's becoming my new favorite segment. Uh, what do you guys have any you want to start with? Yeah, or? I'll start with mine. I try not to do a thing about cars, but like, there's been a thing about cars in the news fucking cars. so often. Uh, this week, the first woman killed by a driverless car uh, that happened. Yeah, and that. Uh, she was walk crossing a street. I mean, you can barely call it a street. It's like a surface highway where the speed limit is guaranteed to be lethal. Um, a car hits you going 20 miles an hour, there's a 10% chance you'll die. If 
a car hits you going 40 miles an hour, there's a 90% chance you'll die. And that's just like the physics, oh, wow. kinetic energy, whatever. Anyway, so this driverless car did not break at all. Uh, the person in the car who was supposed to take over, just in case, wasn't even watching the road. So, and this was a car owned by Uber, right? Uh, and they've, mm-hmm. they're one of like the shittiest, greediest companies in the world. And basically they're trying to have driverless cars so that they don't have to pay anyone to drive their cars at all. Uh, but they've cut a ton of corners and... What we what what came out of this was basically them saying, "Well, this is just an anomaly, and we're going to keep working on the technology, and eventually everyone's going to have a driverless car, and there won't be any more accidents." But the other thing that came out this week was that uh, driverless cars can't swerve at the last second; they can only brake. Now, seems like a design flaw. I, I live in the Midwest, and Ladonna, you live in the Midwest. You've probably got tons of deer up there, right? We've oh, got tons yeah. of deer yeah, here. That's a big you, danger. If you yeah. can only break them up here, yeah. if you only were able to break a car, think how many more deer you would have hit in your life driving than if you if you weren't able to swerve, right? There, there would have been at least two right. so like far. If, yeah. I swerve on a near um, like a monthly basis. I live like yeah, in the woods. If you, like, if I, you I can't definitely... stop in time, it's it, as a reflex. You swerve, right? If somebody crossed the median and swerve, came in an oncoming traffic. You can't break in time. You have to swerve. So these cars that can't make evasive maneuvers, they can only break. And apparently if a thing darts out in front of them, they don't even see it and they don't break at all. Um, but like my unpopular opinion is that driverless cars are never going to be able to function in a way that doesn't end up killing more people. And there's a yeah. lot of people that have a lot of faith in technology and think that they'll just work the bugs out of it. And they do not understand neuroscience enough the way our own brains work enough to enough to realize they're just wrong they're, they're, it's the same arrogance that said the titanic is unsinkable and i, I understand why there is such an emotional ego driven uh need to have that faith in technology that we can just solve a problem by you know uh, working out like having, having a better sensory array or something like you know it's not actually, and I'll just agree with you a little bit. It's not my faith in technology. It's my lack of faith in humans because, you know, just today, my significant other and my daughter were driving out somewhere to get some food and they nearly got hit by a drunk truck driver who just about swerved into a pole in front of them, Yeah, you know, and so they, you know, it, yeah. And so, I, you know, there are situations where we've got truck drivers that are being forced, you know, because of the the loads that they're hauling and the amount of time that they have to do it in being forced to yeah yeah, go without sleep you know and keep driving Mm -hmm. and all of that and you know certainly they're not getting paid a lot doing that either um you know there are you know drug problems people have somebody has a medical problem they have a seizure i mean there's just a million things that can go wrong so you know i would like for the technology to to get to where we don't need that you know well yeah that that's another terrifying notion is that they're really pushing these driverless 18 wheelers. And I'm like, you haven't even perfected driverless cars and you're going to put fucking giant, like, uh, like building size fucking vehicles on the road without a driver. You remember that scene in the movie Logan where the horses get loose on the highway and all the trucks aren't stopping. I felt like that, that scene right there was like uh, the, the most dystopian part of that movie was (laughs) these trucks aren't going to care if they smash you. Um, I mean, well, there are know, fewer also... stops and starts on highways. There, you know, there's let except unless you're in like a huge city, LA, or you know, where yeah, there's but the a lot damage of, um... possible if something fucks up with a uh, with a driverless, you know, truck is just mm-hmm. my my but thing. But the damage is like... possible with a driver is just well, that's the, the thing. Here, thing. here was a double yeah, failure. But... Even if you have a per- driver in the car to take over, they're going to stop paying attention. Unless that you're always, for the most part, you're always paying attention if you're driving. As soon as you put them in there and you tell them the car is going to do it. 
they their mind starts to wander. You know, the thing that yeah, because so, what's the point of having a driverless car if you can't like not exactly. pay attention? So, so I actually have a, a, a close friend who works for Uber, and I talked to him today. He's a software uh, engineer, and I said, "Hey, can you talk about this? Are you allowed to?" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't see why not. There's nothing that I know that it hasn't been." Uh, released publicly and basically what he said was in order to make them be able to uh to be able to swerve or to see things that dart in front of them you have to have double sensors on the car to have like a stereoscopic field of radar lidar infrared FLIR. all these things have to be in stereo fields so it can detect things and basically predict their so what they're doing is they're essentially they're going to make things it's so expensive for each one of these cars that no one is going to be able to afford it. And it's like they're, they're, the, the industry, the car industry, has already invested $80 billion to just to make a robot do the thing that I can do on a bicycle, which is basically a technology that's 200 years old. It's like, why, why make it so complicated when you can just do it simply with a bus or a train or walking, or a bicycle. Like, why go to this length of, of making it so expensive and so complicated? What's the real goal? And really, it comes down to greed. Because it's, it's if they can open a whole, a whole new industry, that's trillions of dollars to make. That's all it is. No one's yeah, demanding to drive this car. People cost money. People cost money. Insurance. I mean, all of the, the additional things over time, all of that stuff. If they can get rid of that and they make one penny more, this is why I yeah. say it's not even worth fighting. Because if they can make one cent more... They will do it. Well, I mean, it's what surprised me was the backlash to this because when cars first came around, the same things were happening and people were outraged, but nothing really stopped it, you know. And right now, it's like if this happens again to Uber, that's why they pulled all the all the tests off the road. If this happens again and people are really outraged. You see how fast the backlash hit Facebook over one you know one single incident. Well, Google and Bing had been actually, they'd had driverless cars there for yeah. a while. Um, they didn't want to got an so, accident too, right? No one died though. A smaller, yeah, a smaller one. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's the the quality of person that they're hiring. I don't know. Um, any certain precautions that they're taking. The but the problem I mean, is even like, the fact that this is the first one and how long have these been in play? couple years now yeah but they had they'd always had two people and they were professionals and this was uber cutting corners with one person by themselves who already had multiple go. infractions on their own driving record right right so yeah uh, the other thing is like you know like even uh, isaac asimov got into this cars are never going to be able to make a human decision they're always going to make a risk assessment decision so exactly if they if the if the car thinks that it's more like there's no humanity to it so if the car thinks that you know swerving may kill uh the driver and the guy sitting behind the driver it's not going to do that even though theoretically you could swerve and then make it back into your lane in time and not hit the oncoming car but i don't know ai is getting pretty good well, the thing is they, I think you'll be they able to can't, get there. Um, I mean, when you swerve, if something darts out in front of you, you swerve, that's a reflex. You're not thinking about it. You're not making, you're purely reacting, right? And computers can't just react. They have to calculate, right? And, and that's that's the scary part is that they go, well. In a split second. It, like it, They can calculate faster than we react. They though. can calculate faster than they react, but they can't apply cultural knowledge. That's the other scary thing to me is that they might be able to tell the difference between a dog and an old lady, but they can't tell the likelihood of whether a dog or an old lady is going to run out in front of them. One is more likely to, 
but that's that's one of the things people don't realize. Which one? That, <laughs> well, old ladies don't like run. If, if a drug. If a driverless car is coming up and there's a person standing in, I mean, off the sidewalk in the road, what is the car going to think it's going to do? We would know that that person's probably, by looking at their eyes and looking at their face, know that that person sees us and is not an idiot and is not going to necessarily run in front of the car. But the car might think that because that person has started forward locomotion that they're going to. And they might decide to, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, there's just so many. It's better for the car to think that. It's better for the car. No, to be not, I mean, what if the car sw- uh, swerves yeah. and crashes it? No, well, so here's what's scary to me coming, is, is that, um, so if you ride a bicycle, they have a really hard time seeing bikes because the way that our eyes process uh, visual information, we see a blur, right? The way that these these uh, radar and LIDAR things were work they don't see blurs right so that makes bicycle spokes almost invisible so they don't see the bike so i guarantee that had something to do with this woman crossing the street with her bicycle getting killed was you know the car just did not see her doesn't matter how far away how fast it was going it could not see her it was somehow invisible to her because it was crossing the path in a way it wasn't familiar with it still happens with with people though i had a friend that got hit by um she was on her bike and she got hit by a car and she was in the hospital for months and had to have her entire face reconstructed and has um screws permanently in her Mm -hmm. cheeks and all sorts of stuff pins in her arms and everything so it happens with humans too but what i'm saying is look at the frequency this is one fatality in a couple of years yeah, they're not a million look at cars how many fatalities how many look how at many how many fatalities with go? regular cars we've absolutely. had absolutely even it, even at a ratio you're better off well we don't I'm, know yet that's know. the thing is my fear is just <laughs> that those it will be there is not enough evidence to show that it's going to be safer we just assume it's going to be because we think that we're bad drivers and we are bad drivers right <laughs> but terrible. my worry is but we also, but we also that, have human instincts that that a, that a machine can never you know, replicate. Right. And, and that's, that's certain that gets cases. back to my original, uh, the, the unpopular part, at least among, amongst uh, tech guys, is that they think every problem can be solved with better technology. And there is no computer that can come close to doing what the human brain can do. It's not even just the amount of computations or the amount of memory or storage. It's the way the brain works to combine those two things that we cannot replicate. And if we do, if we did, it would have to be an AI, and by that point, it would probably decide to kill us on purpose. <laughs> so <laughs> we're really all doomed yeah. anyway. So. Well, and the other the other problem I mentioned to you is that the only way that electric that that uh, driverless cars work is if every car is a driverless car, right? And right. because of the way that income inequality in this country has been heading, there is literally no way that we're ever going to get to a point where everyone can afford yeah. a driverless car. Well, my, a lot of people can't afford You won't a piece need of to shit. own the car. Right. You won't need to own the car. You'll just buy it. Like in cities, um, a lot of people, people can't... people can't even afford to do like Uber and stuff. No. Well, I'll tell well, you, yeah, my father some, still yeah. thinks he's Steve McQueen, and he's not going to let a computer drive his <laughs> fucking car. So. <laughs> I just don't see a point where we ever get to 100% uh, driverless car uh, cap- you know, on the road, unless they, what they would have to do is outlaw car ownership. And that again would be like, people would get fucking revolt. Like you could never do mm-hmm. that, you know? Um, oh, cause people value, <laughs> people value their independence. People would lose. And I yeah. don't think I want a government telling me that, uh, I can't drive a car. Cause if you can't drive a car, uh, and you, like, I, I, you feel very confined by your, I, I would feel very confined by the government if they It'll said it'll happen you're not in allowed. our lifetimes. Yeah. Not in our Well, did you guys see Black Panther? No, I haven't seen that. I haven't yet. So Wakanda, this utopian city they've they've kept from the rest of the world that uh, is more technologically advanced than any other city uh, on Earth. Um, No cars. 
it's all public transit just to let you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> well, I think that might be the way is that in the cities you just have really efficient, yeah, yeah. uh, clean, you know, hundred percent renewable and, public and that's transit. What every, and then in the suburbs you have really good electric cars. Yeah, so exactly. So same, same thing with that's, you know, America doesn't have good, good, uh, free tuition. We don't have good free healthcare. We don't have good wages. We also have terrible transit. The rest of the first world, uh, they're getting rid of cars in urban dense urban centers and they have really good transit. You know, it's like Copenhagen. Half of all trips are made by a bicycle in Copenhagen, Hmm. you know, and they didn't used to be that way. In the 1970s, they were overrun with automobile traffic and they had basically riots in the streets of people putting up barricades saying no more cars. We're sick of it. So, you know, and people used to tell me the same thing about Detroit. They were like, oh, Detroit's so so much about cars. It'll never be a, a transit bike friendly place ever. And that was, you know, 15 years ago. And now you've got... A, a, that was back when they actually used to make cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, you know, it, there's now a weekly bike ride in Detroit that's 6,000 people. And that's just a wow. like a fun parade. That's not even counting all the people that, that do it for work. So that ultimately was my friend from Uber. What he just said was, you know, hopefully it'll be just become so expensive that no one can afford it. And everyone just switches to transit and bikes anyway. So, <laughs> so he even yeah. he's on my side. So Sweet. Look. So, LaDonna, what's your unpopular opinion? I had a week, okay, and I know I've gone off a little bit about this before, but here's what happened. So, I managed different, you know, pages for candidates, Facebook pages, and so on, and I've seen a growing trend. The growing trend is that um, there are a couple of movements in particular doing this, but but it's it's actually rampant. So I'm seeing it across the board. Um, the one I'm seeing do it is the MMT movement, as well as the CFAR or Contract for American Renewal movement. Um, and then Dem Exeters are doing this too. I mean, some Hillbots are doing it. But basically what's happening is is that uh, individuals, and I don't know who's directing this, by the way, so I don't know if these individuals are taking it upon themselves. It does seem to me like there is someone directing them to do this, to go onto a particular candidate's page and spam the shit out of it. Spam it with, you know, for, for MMT, you know, a post that's not even talking about economics or MMT or anything. It could be talking about candy and they're going to go on there and they're going to give you 50 videos about, you know, the way economics works and, you know, why you should understand MMT. And then they're going to hold your feet to the fire and they're going to continue to push you until you say you agree with it. So if you say anything like I'm still looking at it, they'll, con- they'll keep coming back to your page. It is harassment. It's harassment now to, to be allowed to disagree with them at all or say, uh, I look at things a little bit differently or or even you can agree, but say, um, yeah, but I'm still not going to use that as a Is talking point on, on my Facebook? platform. Mostly on Facebook, yeah. but it does happen on Twitter, too. I mean, it's a different yeah, uh, mechanism yeah, on Twitter because it's more like replies rather than posts or, you know, rather than um, people commenting on oh, someone's right. actual I mean, you post. You can report yeah. people for spamming, can't you? Well, they're not, they're can... not computer spamming, though. They're just using their personal account to – I don't know that it necessarily would register with Facebook as a spam. It's just that well, what I mean, they're doing you is could, certainly you could, spamming. Uh, the... So as a page manager, I can hide it. I can right. delete it. I can ban them. I can do all of those things. And the challenge is that you know the way that the Facebook algorithm works – 
posts are shown to more people when there's more engagement, mm. right? And so when you see more comments, there's more engagement, it's more likely to get shown. So I'm hesitant to delete it because I do want there to be sort of an exchange and conversation. And I, you know, and I also, I'm not trying to shut down anyone's opinion. I, I you know, I love dialogue and I love, you know, intelligent debate on the issues. My, my problem is, is that when they will not take no, or I'm thinking about it, or really anything other than, yes, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread as an answer. That's or, the problem this I is have. Unrealistic and, and you people are exactly not listening or, to what we're saying. To you, you know, or with the MMT crowd, and I, I guarantee you, I'm losing friends here right now because I know a couple whatever. of people that are really on this. Whatever, um, you know, with the MMT crowd, it's like okay, Stephanie Kelton is the MMT person that is the advisor to Bernie, and and he has her, and that's great. But guess what? Bernie has never, to my knowledge, no, he's uttered never talked about it. MMT. He just doesn't – he doesn't need to. And so that's what I keep realistic. pointing out to these people. It, it doesn't matter if it is or isn't the way that the economy works. You can have whatever you – you know, you think about that. And, and people say, oh, well, it's not a theory. Well, it's actually modern monetary theory, MMT. <laughs> it is a theory. So – yeah, um, there are other perspectives on it. But I don't even have an issue with that. It's not whether I think it's right or wrong. The issue I take is with the tactics that they're using. And CFAR, I'll, I'll mention them too. What is so that? what they tell candidates, it's, it's basically um, they're telling candidates that they have to sign a contract um, with the people, whatever, saying certain things that they're going to do when they're in office. And they think oh, that yeah, this yeah, is I've going to be that. a legal binding contract. And they tell the candidates that if they will not sign it, that they will be supporting whoever, you know, another candidate. They'll find another candidate to primary them. They'll support another candidate in the primary, that kind of thing. So it's another bullying tactic to force people to sign. Well, first of all, contracts signed under duress don't hold up. Second of all, there is zero, and I mean zero, legal precedent for this kind of contract ever holding up because circumstances change. You can make campaign promises. You can say you're going to do X, Y, and Z. This has never been litigated. So it's all... there's weird stuff in that contract too. Like you can't take any money from unions and things like that. I I remember seeing that with a couple candidates. I was like, that's not something I would sign as a candidate. So which... I support most uh, of um, those. So what part is the unpopular opinion about uh, all all the... (laughs) Well, a lot of progressives think that you're an asshole if you don't support these things. Oh, yeah, well. yeah. And, or that I guess that support the tactics that they're using. I mean, for me, it's not even about, uh, you know, what they're pushing. It's the tactic. And, and it is increasingly happening. So Real Progressives is a part of this. And there are other groups online as well that are pushing out uh, people to do mm. this. And so they've got their armies now, you know, spamming. We're just shedding and listeners I just, right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you no. know what? It's fine. It <laughs> At Polly Bent, P-O-L-I-B-E-N-T. You just go ahead her. and you unfriend me. <laughs> Find me on Twitter. That's fine because I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with what you're trying to do. It's the way that you're trying to do it that I have I've an issue. Never even with, heard about this my... before, let alone. Yeah, I mean, it seems pretty fringe. Welcome it's to my bad. page. Yeah, it's, it's a big thing among <laughs> candidates. I've seen a lot of people, like, they really will just, it, it, it's almost like they're bots, but I know they're not, because I know some of them personally. It's like, right. so the, just to refresh my memory, pages. Um, th- these are the people that are opposed to uh, the idea of a universal wage, whether you work or not, because they think it's the a MMT way to get rid of social services, basically. Exist, yeah. Yeah. They don't like UBI. Yeah, they think that it's a neoliberal pro- plot yeah. to get rid of the social safety net. So that's that's one of the things where I've kind of gone back and forth with them on the actual issue. And again, it's not that I completely disagree with what they're saying or whatever. It's not even about that. It's about if you want to win an argument, 
come at me with your best, you know, argument. <laughs> Don't just spam you know, me a, with videos. Their argument about UBIs comes from a place of, of disingenuousness because they only say that because that conflates if if you if you actually implement a, a usable version of UBI, then you don't need MMT. So they're uh, secretly they don't like the concept of UBI because it would render MMT obsolete. Like you, right. it, it, you know, if it, if it existed and didn't actually destroy the social safety net, and you still did have programs for people who are starting out from a lower. Uh, area of you know lower income bracket and you still had programs to help them and on top of that you had a ubi for everybody so that nobody necessarily had to live in poverty uh and you could i've had that conversation and they they, walk away exactly because that's again they argue in bad faith about i have a second you need a lot of different areas uh-oh. <laughs> when I hear all these acronyms for different uh, different uh, alternative money <laughs> theories, and I know that the way that people on the left will attack each other so vehemently when they should be on the same side, it almost makes me think, maybe we should just stick with capitalism for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay. I was so... Your name is literally Comrade. You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> we just had the anniversary of the Paris Commune this week as well, and that was honestly one of the most marxist uh anti-capitalist experiments ever and it worked really well and then the you know napoleon's army came back to to paris and they were like hey uh we're gonna kill all fifteen thousand of you because this actually was really successful <laughs> so i don't know it, it um i don't have a real strong opinion i mean i think everyone should earn some amount of money but it's like well instead of everyone giving everyone a, a certain amount of welfare even if they don't work why not just demonetize all these things in the economy, like housing, you know, like take housing off the market, take food off the market. There was a... Well, if people didn't have to worry about that, they'd be able to go out and yeah. earn and do whatever they yeah. want to do in terms mm-hmm. of... What know, if food was free and refrigerators were just place. outside and you just walked by and took a thing out of a refrigerator on the sidewalk? I was like... I would still be pissed. <laughs> Who the fuck took my ice cream? No, but it's like you, it wouldn't be yours. It would just be everyone's. Well, you, could there would still always buy, be you could still buy ice cream too, you know, like you... But, <clears throat> The, don't make yeah. me go out. You, you don't want that government issued ice cream. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, yeah, I heard it was no, vegan, it, so you don't want it. <laughs> oh, God. Well. All right, Anthony, what's let's yours? See. Let's see if we get, we, we've alienated like two thirds of our listeners. I think I'm going to alienate the, the other third. <laughs> uh, so you know how people are always saying that, uh, you know, well, we're not talking about taking guns away. We're not, you know, we're just saying we want common sense. I think we need to start talking to some degree about taking some guns away. Like, I don't think it's ridiculous to say because w- where we are now, even if you ban assault rifle, uh, excuse me, assault weapon, not assault rifle, fucking calm your fucking nuts, whoever's <laughs> listening, uh, assault weapons, uh, if, even if you ban sales of them, there's 300 fucking million guns in this country. There are th- millions of assault weapons already in people's possessions in term and, and, you know, stockpiled somewhere we mm-hmm. need to. And I'm not saying that the government needs to go in jackbooted and kick, you know, kick in some fucking hillbillies uh, screen door and take all their guns. But what Australia did was a, 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 ma- a massive gun buyback program. Mm-hmm. They, they banned uh, semi-automatic and automatic weapon sales and they did a massive gun buyback program. The government gave you money if you turned if you can't, if you turned in uh, your you know your rifles. Um, so, uh, and I think so. Did you guys have you guys seen the the series that came out on Netflix called Flint Town? They did the opposite. Watch, yeah. They did the opposite in Flint, where the 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 police needed money, so they took all the guns in the evidence locker and they sold them to the public. 
<laughs> that's a great, great fucking idea in, in the Excellent. poorest fucking town in America. I mean, I was just like, this is a joke, right? Oh no, they gosh. really did it. Oh my gosh. No, I, yeah, I think we're, Anthony, we're, you're we're right. Real uh, fucking fu- yeah, you've got to have an incentivized thing. You can't just have like the black helicopters descend on the rural town. No, but that's but thing. like we can't just end it at you know banning future sales because there are still so many fucking guns out there and people will get a hold of them. The market is not going to calm down as long as there's guns in circulation because those guns are still going to be sold legally unless you ban sales of them. Which you know in terms and also ban sales of them from owner to owner in terms of like you can't sell them at a gun show to another quote-unquote right. private collector which is how they get around that you know yeah uh, so unless you actually institute severe laws about those types of weapons and create an incentivized buyback program where it's like we'll pay you more than the gun's worth and i'm willing as a taxpayer to say i i would want my tax dollars to fund that program if it's going to make everybody fucking safer because we're a stupid fucking country that allowed our gun problem <clears throat> to become an epidemic and i, I you know i, I honestly I, wouldn't I, care yeah I, I tend to agree with you i honestly wouldn't care if they got rid of uh, just about every gun and the only time in my life i've ever thought i needed one was when i came to an area with a lot of deer and i worried about hitting one and i worried about you're gonna you know, like shoot still being putting it out it's of its still misery. being alive and you know suffering on the side of the road i don't have it in me to go and slice its throat or something like that oh, like, I, don't. I thought you meant preemptively so, like if you see a deer coming you're gonna shoot it before you <laughs> <laughs> no but but there there can be an overpopulation problem and so you know if i hit it if something like that happened i would feel horrible having it suffering crying whatever that's the only time i've ever thought i would need one so so other than that, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, fuck, get rid of them all. I don't need it. All the deer? Um, I understand those all that the... use them. No, oh. the guns. <laughs> Listen. Well, actually, the deer, I too. Genocide Have you ever the deer. I, so I had a buddy hit a deer one time, and I was with him, and uh, it broke its spine, and it was trying to drag itself oh. away on oh. two legs. And I had to kill it with a pocket oh. knife. Oh. And oh it, was, it was about two degrees below zero, and it's screaming. Uh. And I've never have heard a deer uh. scream, but when it's that cold, everything echoes out in the country in a, in a weird way. Oh, and it took gosh. 15 minutes to do that. And oh, I my was, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was worried I was going to be traumatized from that because I was, I was just covered yeah. in blood, <laughs> and it wasn't dying. And it was just like, what the fuck does it take? And you have, I had more respect for uh, actual predators with their... You know, they have like canines, you sink in, they got like the actual, actual (laughs) adaptations to actually kill things. The the things that we don't have as human beings. Um, Right. So yeah, in that moment, I was like, I would have loved to have had a gun and just like ended it right there. That's the only time I've ever thought I would need one. Truly. Reminds me of that scene in, uh, you ever ever see me, myself and Irene with Jim Carrey? Where he, where he like hits a cow on the highway. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember that scene. Shoots it in the head and then it like comes back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they have to shoot it like 30 more times to actually go oh god um well on that cheery note um if you like what you hear on the podcast please uh rate review subscribe on itunes follow us on soundcloud all that stuff uh soundcloud.com slash move left uh if you like what you hear uh also and you want to support the show you can check us out at patreon.com slash move left we do uh, movie review podcasts over there. We just did an episode for uh, Bowling for Columbine, the Michael Moore documentary. Um, and you can check us out over there. It's $3 to become a backer. You support the show. You get some extra podcasts every month. Uh, and that's patreon.com slash move left. 
Uh, I am at uh, move underscore left on Twitter. <laughs> okay, I am at a poly bent, P-O-L-I-B-E-N-T on Twitter, the political bent on Facebook. And Comrade, whose uh, computer is glitching right now, is at uh, chaosbot5000 on Twitter, uh, in, case I, in case I didn't get a usable version of him saying that. <laughs> and join us next week on Move Left Idiots.